Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. The summit's all done and dusted. All the dignitaries now have had their say. They've done their thing. They've made their way home. What benefits will now bring BRICS have for the African continent, considering that it's made up of 40% of the world's population? Joining us on the line now to discuss this and other Issues BRICS. Stephen Gruge, the head of African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute of International Affairs. Stephen, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael, and well done for getting that mouthful out. <laughs> I was in actual fact going to clarify if I had got it right because I always like to make, I want to ensure that my guests are comfortable and I've done things right and I've introduced them correctly. So I've, I've ex- thank you, Stephen. Thanks so much for confirming that. And great to have you on board the show this afternoon. So the New Development Bank, a collaborative initiative of BRICS nations, was established in 2015. It stands poised to play a pivotal role in funding crucial African endeavors. That's according to its president, Dilma Rousseff. But uh, Stephen, as I mentioned, as I laid the groundwork for this conversation earlier on, the, the summit is now done and dusted. Everyone, as I said, has had their say so-and-so had this to say, so-and-so had that to propose. Now they've all gone home. Where to from here and now? What does this mean to us? Well, the biggest news, of course, was the expansion of the BRICS bloc, mm-hmm. uh, the five original members of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have mm-hmm. invited six countries to join. So the, the organization is going to more than double in size. They've invited Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Right. Um, I mean, you know, these, these, so, so, uh, all of those bring, uh, different dynamics to the group. Um, I mean, my, my feeling that the addition of Iran is definitely going to increase the anti-Western right. tendencies that might be floating around mm-hmm. the BRICS. I think will be, uh, more controversial on, on Israel and push, uh, Palestinian issues as well. Uh, the the uh, Gulf states bring a lot of oil and gas wealth. Uh, the African countries, we're not sure why it was those two and not uh, Algeria and Nigeria, for example. Yes. So the, mm-hmm. the criteria for choosing them hasn't been made clear. But I guess countries now go back to where they were. I think there will be a lot of focus on the process of accession of these countries, which will join from the 1st of January. Um, mm. There was a lot of talk. I mean, President Ramaphosa uh, invited a number of African countries. I think he actually invited all of them. Not all of them came, but their heads of state were part of the deliberations for for some of the summits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they clearly, South Africa has always gone into back for Africa, and right. is keen to get BRICS to help support Africa's big uh, trade uh, ambition through the African continental free trade area. Right. Um, which is, uh, you know, has brought all African countries together to try and create a single market. Um, I mean, for countries in, in the BRICS, I think also there is a, a great desire to increase trade among and between them. Mm-hmm. China looms absolutely uh, huge in this, and, and, you know, its bilateral trade with the, uh, each BRICS each country is enormous. Uh, so right. I'm sure the six new entrants are interested in increasing even further their trade with China. Stephen, when they walked away from the summit last uh, last week, did you get an impression that there were any any forms of measurables, any form, anything to gauge, you know, like from the departure point, what are we going to do now? Yes, you've outlined that, yeah, 
as was mentioned, uh, beginning of next year, uh, certain countries will be admitted. In the meantime, yeah. this, that, and the other. But, uh, you know, one years of summits and forums and meetings and boss barades, and th- that, that's, that's what we hear. But uh, yeah. do we do we see anything tangible, anything meaningful coming out of this? What what can we expect from this, from your perspective, Stephen? So I think you're going to see more trade in currencies other than the dollar, mm-hmm. uh, partly spurred by Russia being sanctioned by uh, Western countries and not being able to use the SWIFT international payment system. And for a long time, the BRICS have been saying uh, they want to do trade in other currencies because uh, the dollar is, is too strong, and uh, mm. it, it, their, their, their currency depreciates. They owe more on their loan. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, one of the definitely one of the tangible outcomes uh, of the BRICS over the years has been the new de- new development banks that you mentioned. Right. Um, you know, it's a real bank that exists. It's uh, capitalized with money, and it, it lends to its members. So, I think, uh, and, and a few new members have been added to the bank. Mm-hmm. So uh, that will continue building infrastructure and supporting project, mm, projects mm, mm. in Africa. I mean, this doesn't have a secretariat. So the leadership passes from one country to another. Right. And you're right. I mean, there is an enormous number of prepar- preparatory meetings and summits and discussions. And there's a whole list of the ministers of finance mm. meet and the central bankers meet and right. the tourism ministers meet. So I think there, there is. A lot of uh, potential for collaboration. I mean, I think tourism is, is an area that, that's been mentioned and that's been targeted. Right. Uh, I mean, these countries are all pushing for reform of the United Nations and particularly the Security Council, mm-hmm. although I don't know how enthusiastic they, they may say they are, but I don't know how enthusiastic Russia and China are for changing the structure of the Security Council, where, of course, they have a veto vote. So right. they certainly pay lip service to wanting to reform the international system. I mean, it is a bit crazy that we have, you know, a global governance system that doesn't include Germany or Japan or Brazil or India, uh, uh, you know, as four very important economies uh, and countries uh, are not represented permanently on the UN Security Council. So there's there's some of that. um, But, you know, is it going to change? life for you and me tomorrow? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I didn't anticipate that as much also, Stephen. I guess so uh, wishful thinking in that sense. But but yeah. uh, that being the case, speaking of trading, going back to what you mentioned about trading in currencies. Now, we have individual currencies. We've got individual governments. We've got individual red tape. We've got individual procedures. How is this going to work? Yeah, uh, I'm no economist, so I... <laughs> I can't give you a great answer to this one. But, right. uh, you know, it's just interesting that the five countries, uh, their, their currencies all start with the letter R. So you have the RAND, mm. the Ruble, the Rupee, the Renminbi, and okay. the Real. Right. Um, so, uh, but, you know, what I have heard economists say is that it's all very well to trade in Renminbi from China, mm-hmm. but at some point you're going to have to con- convert into dollars because you're going to have to spend that foreign exchange. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, and, and, and years ago they were talking about a, a potential BRICS currency, a common currency, but yeah, uh, yeah. that was not discussed at the mm-hmm. summit, and I think that is still a very far way off. But sure. slowly, slowly uh, they, they are eroding into the dollar holding sway uh, on the international system. 
Right. So uh, going forward, what can what can we generally expect then uh, in terms of so, of, of so benefits? So think, How would you uh, sum this all up? Just uh, just yeah, in one I minute, think, a couple. There will be a lot of there will be a lot of attention on the new countries that are joining. Mm-hmm. Um, they also will be looking to who the next host is, and that host is Russia. Yes, it's Russia. So, Correct, yeah. uh, and Russia certainly uses these meetings and occasions as a way to demonstrate that it's not isolated after all because of, of the invasion of Ukraine and mm-hmm. look at all the friends we have. So Russia gets a lot of propaganda value out of these things and mm-hmm. uh, was very keen on the expansion because right. uh, it increases its, its power and has more friendly states uh, that, that, that are kind of in its orbit. Um, I think, uh, yeah, then preparations. Sure. Of course, South Africa has a few things that we still have to wrap up, but mm-hmm. uh, from next year, the focus then will be on Russia. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, I don't think the war will be over by then. So we'll have another whole set of dynamics. Of course, right. you know, we, right. we, South Africa dodged uh, a big bullet with uh, President Putin not coming to South Africa. Right. Uh, pardon the pun. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that would have been a major headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at least we were able to focus on what the summit was talking about rather than right. you know, whether Putin would be arrested or not. Steve, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us just to give us some background as to where we are heading with BRICS right now what it means to us and how symbolic it is in our lives as BRICS members. And, uh, yes, hopefully we will be seeing the successes that they envisaged at last week's summit. Stephen Grush, Head of African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute of International Affairs. Already too contentious, you could say.